everybody, and welcome to another riveting edition of Highly Devolved or Evolved Conversations on Oh This Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Steve, welcome for being here in Chicago again. Hello. Awesome. We are going to be taking and kicking off episode five. It is our John Paxson episode. It's our Mambo number five. It's our Mambo number five. We've got that Lou Bega on repeat here. Um, Yeah. Fun week. Let's just dive into some stuff here. Like yeah. T- so we'll let's just, talk about the beer of the week. What are we drinking? Week. We're going real, real simple this week. Uh, this week we're rolling out with uh, Stone IPA, which is kind of like one, another kind of similar to uh, our, our two hearted beer. It's just kind of a, uh, a badass all around uh, beer for any occasion. Um, so it's been around since uh, they released it in 1997. Um, and it's just a, a solid IPA, uh, Magnum, Chinook, Centennial hops. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's kind of one of those jack of all trades beers. Uh, it's great for the springtime, great for the summer to kind of cool off, but it holds up, uh, you know, over the winter too. And, uh, we're kind of right in between seasons. So that's what we're rolling with. We got a, it's sunny, but it's cold. It is. Uh, it's a little brief. I mean, it's not terrible out, um, uh, but it's, uh, it's enough to give you enough of a reminder of that winter still kind of around. Damn you, punks of Tony Phil. <laughs> the seer of seers, the soothsayer of soothsayers. You guys got, I mean, there was snow earlier in the week and, and tornadoes. There was snow last night. Yeah, like, and, and a tornado earlier in the week. Yeah, so. you know, 60 degrees to snow, it's absolutely crazy. You said it started in 1997? Yeah, Stone uh, has been around for ages. They're, uh, I think, the, the 10th largest uh, craft brewer in the country. Oh, geez. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're a huge deal. You can get Stone nationwide. They've got another brewery. Uh, the per- beer nationwide. Yes, yes, you can get Stone beer nationwide (laughs) um but yeah they've got a a production facility i think out on the east coast in like richmond virginia and they've actually just opened a uh a brewery like tap room kind of thing in berlin so they're one of the if if not the you know they're one of the first if not the only uh breweries from the u.s that has a facility in germany and germany has some uh you know old brewing laws and and some goofy stuff uh that uh kind of puts a dictates a, a flavor yeah it, well they have certain requirements for what goes in your beer so for an american brewer to go over there it's pretty awesome that's uh, really cool yeah uh, but yeah this beer uh honestly you can get it just about anywhere um anywhere that they you know grocery stores uh decent liquor store they've got uh cans bottles uh bombers you name it uh but yeah just solid overall choice 90 uh 94 on beer advocate 99 on rate beer it's like you can't really go wrong. They'd probably run like ten bucks for a six pack, maybe maybe a little less, depending. Solid on Solid choice at. right there. Yeah, yeah. All I could think about when you said they started in nineteen ninety seven was, man, they must have been listening to a ton of Sugar Ray or Lit <laughs> while they were bl- uh, while they were brewing and they, stuff like the that. The guys that started it, um, one of them was like had a music rehearsal space, and the okay. other the other founder um, met him through renting his music rehearsal space. Nice. He was in a band. Um, and they didn't do anything with brewing right then. It was a few years later that they got going with brewing, but that's how they like made their initial connection. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Stone IPA, everybody check it out. Let's just, uh, without further ado, let's um, see if we can hop into the first topic today. 
So um, yeah, we were getting let in by Seal, which you can't. Uh, there's you, no complaints. You, you about can't Seal. fault that, and I think it le- <laughs> ties in perfectly to what we're going to talk about first. So, Steve, introduce what we're talking about. Yeah. So ro- right away, we're going to roll off the uh, the first topic here with uh, '80s and '90s movies. Uh, we've kind of touched a little bit uh, about this in some previous episodes uh, with our kind of breakdown of Wayne's World, but uh, we want to go a little bit deeper in here. And uh, you know, push the uh, dates and the date stamps on some of these uh, movies that uh, we kind of grew up with. Um, so right off the bat, I mean, I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, I just actually changed my uh, Twitter like a bio to lead singer and driver of the Winnebago because <laughs> Blues, Blues Brothers is my uh, my '80s jam. Okay, so let's let's frame what we're talking about here. So we're talking about movies in the '80s to like formative years movies, right? Mm-hmm. We're top movies from 1980 to 1995. Yeah, we'll cut it at 95. Okay, so this is like st- stuff we were like rated R movies that we may have watched when we were <laughs> a kid that shouldn't have been watching like the Caddyshacks and all that stuff. Um, okay, so that lead singer of the Winnebago, Blues Brothers. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to put some bounds on this so I could start to figure out where to go. Where we're going to go. My brain I mean, going. yeah, for me Blues Brothers was the yeah, I mean that was 80s central we had it on vhs popped it on the uh you know on summer mornings i would i would pick one of like four movies and blues brothers was often one of them that's awesome i did get myself in trouble a few times for saying some things out of the movie that you're not supposed to say uh as a as a child but uh how much for the women how much for (laughs) what the bite does i believe i referred to someone as a honky mofo (laughs) at some point and and no one no one my parents uh, did not really appreciate that i don't think wrong glass (laughs) sir (laughs) like oh god blues brothers was a classic i remember that that's like for me one of the formative movies in terms of like my music exploration got me into soul music like the blues and soul and it was pretty cool because it was all shot in Chicago. Chicago yeah, area. so I mean, it was natural as a kid to be like, "Hey, look, the, all this stuff that I've seen is right here." Yeah, that's fun. I, I remember going to. I, I always go uh, as I'm walking downtown through the Daily Center. I'm always <laughs> going, as they're like trying to go to the the office of the Cook County Assessor. They've got like half of the fucking National Guard <laughs> yeah. outside of the building. <laughs> I literally do that every time I do that, and people are like, "What is this guy? Is he strange?" A little bit maybe but it's yeah. like i'm having my own flashback to yeah but thing. if it's worth it if one person recognizes what you're doing yeah <laughs> yeah well gosh i could tell you the story about my coach bag that's pretty hilarious if people can recognize that coach now when we were venturing into tv shows but was coach i mean i recall it growing up did it start in the late 80s yes it okay was so it was late 80s, 80s to like 90s. early 90s what it, how many seasons did it have? i think it had like five okay i think it was nbc who put it on but Major shout out to Brian, our buddy of ours, <laughs> who, like, he knows that I'm a huge fan of Coach and all these like weird like early '90s and '90s, late '90s TV shows. I'm a huge fan of Home Improvement and stuff, and I'm like, man, I totally want to take in. He got me a Coach bag for Christmas, <laughs> and let me rephrase that: it's not like a Coach bag, like a purse, like a Coach from the, you know, the basic girls who are like, oh, I want a Coach bag. Like this is literally a tote bag for, <laughs> that has Craig T. Nelson's face on it from Coach. And so I take it to the grocery store and I'm walking through the grocery store with it and I'm waiting for people to just interact with it. <laughs> and you see people starting to look, but I do it every time. It's just like, and someone's, 
I remember walking down and one of the guys who was working there just starts dying out of laughter. Not because like I knew he saw the bag and understood, <laughs> like put the connections together about coach. Oh, coach was hilarious. So. Yeah, for for me going back to the movies, like the eighties and nineties movies, and probably just because I was a child, it was it was mostly comedies. Like I don't, oh yeah, have like a recollection or like I mean I'm sure I'm missing something, but it's like I don't really remember like uh, a drama or an action. Oh, I should Forrest take it back. Gump. There's some action mo- films in there. Die Hard. I mean, well, you know, people like Die Hard. I mean. I don't, I'm not. I'm an Arnold guy, so give oh, me Terminator, Predator. Yeah. Give me Commando. I mean, Commando's a comedy. Rambo. Itself, which I believe, I forgot what the story was, but Commando, they were trying to make Commando 2, and Arnold turned it down. And I think they rewrote the script, and that's what became Die Hard. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I think from like movies that are like that, the action genre, obviously, were it was a little tough to get into it, but... Uh, Al Pacino and Bobby De Niro in Heat, one of the greatest movies. Yeah, of that, all that was time. probably like right in the edge. That was ninety five. That's, That's like yeah. right on it. But like, if you ever have like a high end speaker system that you want to tune to, <laughs> go to that scene in the end where they're having the shootout just in the streets, and it is loud. Oh yeah, the whole movie's loud. Heat is there. Yeah, I have to agree. I think a lot of the stuff that I remember were comedies. Like, but like the formative ones. Like, I remember. Some of them are sports comedies. Like, not only I don't know so why, like Mister Three Thousand. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, like all like the sports comedies I remember growing up as a kid had baseball. So I was okay. a huge fan of Major League. Sure, uh, Major League Two was actually really good too. Yep. Um, so we can go a little bit further. I think Mr. Baseball came out in the eighties. That oh, was yeah. a good one with Tom Selleck over, uh, trying to play for the Tokyo giants. Mm-hmm. Like some of that, that was more of a drama at times. It was a little different to get into, but that was a fun one. Um, another really good one was you can't go wrong with little big league. Okay. Uh, where, <laughs> well, little big league rookie of the year, Sandlot. How come they didn't have like only other sports comedy kids movies of that generation that I remember are, um, Mighty Ducks series, the franchise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there was like Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, there yeah, was baseball. Little Giants. Okay. Yeah, like it was never there. like you never had anything outside of like why was baseball always the prevalent thing? I think baseball. I think it's just because so many people grew up playing. Like okay. I mean, I don't think it happens as much now. Did Air Bud ever play baseball? <laughs> I, he probably has, or the puppies that he has, or something like that. <laughs> no rules saying a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> to to uh, kind of poach a line from my from my buddy Mikey Wild. Uh, <laughs> imagine being the kid uh, that's <laughs> benched because Airbud's out there playing basketball. <laughs> that's awesome. That's. But I, I don't know. Did, I think Airbud might have fallen outside of our our cut. But yeah, I think baseball just it's close be, to it. It's yeah, the, it's it's close. But the, the big thing with baseball is I just think that so many people that were growing up between in that time period played little league baseball up to a certain point yeah i guess so um but uh yeah i, I was almost you know, i kind of thought to myself it's like oh well i don't know of that many dramas or action movies i mean i caught myself on the action movies because yeah i forgot arnold i mean arnold's heyday was spectacular but i mean pulp fiction i guess was 94 now i can't i can't take credit for it growing up but because uh, I didn't get to see it until I was probably 10 right. or 11. But, yeah, I mean, that's my favorite movie ever. So There's a special class of movies that I remember watching um, that were like the they were the action movies that either God, uh, that I can quote right now. Like, I loved Hackers. I loved that movie. <laughs> Hacking the Gibson. Like, and that spawned like, OK, so we've done at work. Uh, we've 
computer programmers we talk about stuff sure. and hackers has no va- validity <laughs> at all to anything related. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> they dropped a rabbit in the database system. It's replicating. Headed off at the pass. There's no freaking pass. Like you can't <laughs> I head- hate that cliche. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna steal a seventies reference yeah. from Blazing Saddles there. <laughs> and then there was that and then I have a huge like Sandra Bullock is one of my favorite of all times. You know, if you're listening Hard pass. If you're listening, uh come to Chicago. We'll- <laughs> Nice seafood dinner. Um, <laughs> anyway, but like The Net and Speed were two okay. of the movies that I remember yeah, growing speed, up. Yeah, Speed, shit. And then closely forgotten, I think it came out in 96, was Jason Patrick in Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Where the they're on the cruise ship oh, that yeah. can't stop, like <laughs> which just steer it to open waters, man. Yeah, like, just like <laughs> turn it around, like it go back, like oh, that was like bad sequels, bad sequels. But like oh, there the, we could go. I mean, there were plenty of sequels in the eighties that you know. I mean, you have your Beverly Hills Cop sequels and stuff, which were still legitimate. The one where they were at the um, the amusement the amusement park in Beverly yeah. Hills Cop was good. All the National Lampoon's movies were good. Most Those definitely. were all in the eighties. Like definitely, yeah, Christmas Vacation was what eighty nine. It was I think, I think so. somewhere in there. Well, range. I think Chris or I think Vacation was eighty. So that would yes. have been the front of our uh, yeah thing. And then Caddyshack came out and. Like there's just so many like I guess we I love Chevy Chase movies. Yeah. Fletch <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> Planes, trains and automobiles. <laughs> Good one. Like, yeah. If you think about that, like Home Alone. Like I, I, I'm gonna give a shout out to my brother who's listening because he's got like a very um unique like I guess we're movie connoisseurs together. Mm-hmm. But like every time I go through O'Hare and I go through uh O'Hare during the winter time yep. and I'm either flying out, I always walk through the home alone. Uh, whatchamacallit, the Home Alone Terminal, sure. where they filmed the signal. Yeah, yeah. And he always immediately sends a picture of John Candy as they're walking or as they are driving back, the polka band, the Kenosha Kickers. <laughs> and it's absolutely 100%. Like, every time I've heard it, it's like, oh, Kenosha Kickers comes out there. Have you gone past the Home Alone house up in Evanston? Uh, I have not. Oh, yeah, it's right. It's not far from Northwestern. Okay. So it's right in that area. Speaking of houses and local, like, in Chicago stuff, I mean, one of the ones that you can take and say is iconic in terms of understanding the re- uh, the regal nature of the city is it's got to be Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's yep. Day Off. And, I mean, the John Hughes movies. Uh, yeah. I mean, Adventures in Babysitting. Uncle Buck was freaking hilarious. Yep. Yep. Th- didn't they try and th- – I think they rebooted that, didn't they? Like into a sitcom? Not, I, I could swear they did. Like, it's got one of the Baldwin brothers. No, I th- I forgot who they who they rebooted it with, but it was not long ago, and I don't know if it got picked up. But I think they were trying to do it. That sounds bad. Yeah, I don't. I, they they've made a lot of. They're starting to do a lot of movies into sitcoms, so or not sitcom or like just shows. Like so, they're doing, um, Taken into a TV show. Well, they did that. What was that? Um, Which, I mean, Taken 2 wasn't great. Taken 3 was terrible. Taken and itself was good. Taken was fun. Liam Neeson, I've got a special set of skills, <laughs> and I will find you. So, uh, that's more like Christian Bale like doing <laughs> Batman, but still, you guys get the drift. Um, What was that Bradley Cooper movie where he took the pill... Limitless, yeah, and then they made that's way outside of our of our. No, no, but you're talking about (laughs) movies that they're rebooting into things. I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah, they made that to a TV show. Yeah, don't do that, Hollywood. It's stupid. Make original programming. Well, I'm not opposed to it, but like my, it's got to clear a real high bar if it's like a good, like or even a decent movie, like to make it into a show. 
it's got to be challenging to like say, oh, well, like, did you like this movie? Well, here, now watch it in a 23-episode format, even if it's like a 13 or 15-episode season. Like, it's just got to be kind of obnoxious to like draw out how long that goes. New business idea uh, going on to like previous topics okay. that we've talked about here. I got a movie that we're going to take and make into a show. It's going to be a reboot of Weekend at Bernie's 2. Not the first <laughs> one. Bernie Lomax comes back again. But he does. he's like a, uh, living in the big city trying to take and do normal okay. life. So you have the character of Bernie Lomax, and he's just doing the Bernie lean and doing like normal day stuff, like a hybrid of that and Seinfeld. Okay. So like he goes on dates, and then the conga music comes up, <laughs> and he starts going to find the buried treasure. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, or investors, I, possibly, I'm you? sure that you could pitch it to somebody. And I mean, there's been worse things that have been made. <laughs> so you're saying that's a hard pass. I'm saying it's got a chance. It's got a chance. Yeah. I mean, that's all you want. What's is it take for chip girl, in a chair? What, what's it going to take for a girl like me and a guy <laughs> okay. like you? <laughs> one in a there million? you go. There's another one for the, uh, oh, for the God, list right one there. One of the best movies. Like, classic movie. I, of Jim Carrey probably dominated the 90s the, at least the first half of the 90s yeah yeah well probably uh, honestly uh, i mean if you put it all together it was probably most of the 90s okay so alluding to jim carrey jim carrey was the riddler kiss from the rose there you go. was uh the soundtrack tribal <laughs> track for that batman forever so jim carrey was batman forever he was ace ventura one and two one and two um he was liar liar oh yeah and then what else did he do truman show truman Sh that might have been that out meant, of our things though. yeah I'm trying to think of those like cable guy was probably outside of it too. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know why I just thought of this other show. I, I think it was like Ace Ventura linked to it, but uh, no, it was the, the fact that he was on in living color. Yeah. Um, Damon Wayans. Do you remember Damon Wayans and David Allen Greer? Yep. In Blank Man. <laughs> J5. <laughs> that movie was fucking great. I love that movie. Like, okay. But back to the, back to the Jim Carrey one. What was your favorite Jim Carrey movie? Dumb like, and Dumber. I mean, really? Yeah, I think Dumb and Dumber was great because it's uh, the cast was great. The cast. I was think very good. Jeff Daniels was amazing as well with him. Sure. Like if I had to take a straight uh, Jim Carrey movie, Liar Liar was one of my favorite growing okay. up. But Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, <laughs> fucking hilarious movie. <laughs> you weren't going with the number twenty three. <sighs> no. <laughs> The seeds and all that stuff <laughs> on the table, and Lisa's is out, and then Dan Marino. The, also, the part where he's at the the um, the treatment facility, the hospital mm -hmm. for uh, mental disease, uh, where he's jumping over and pretending he's the quarterback <laughs> in a tutu. Yeah. Like that stuff is like that's basically an extension of his in Living Color mm -hmm. uh, character. So I, I love that, but. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we've I've actually talked to a couple of my buddies about doing a Dumb and Dumber road trip where we just somehow fly out to Providence and then start and <laughs> drive to Aspen. I was just in California. Aspen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the French are assholes. God, that's <laughs> but I was in Aspen last summer and I I was with uh, my girlfriend and I was like, yeah, just be prepared because I'm going to randomly make Aspen or and or Dumb and Dumber references pretty much all all he afternoon. Must, he must work out. Uh, <laughs> Look at the butt on that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, though, that is interesting, like taking and making a connection back to it is thinking about uh, Jeff Daniels and looking at like he was on the newsroom. And mm -hmm. I like that TV show because it was a. You know, you could be on the fence about Aaron Sorkin and stuff, but Jeff Daniels, I'm thinking to myself, this guy was the one who 
had digestional problems <laughs> and yet he's like this news anchor in this show. Yeah. Something has got to go. It's like uh, Jeff Bridges being the dude and oh, then yeah. going into then seeing him winning an Oscar for what was it? Uh, I forgot what was the movie he won for. It was a crazy, crazy heart. Maybe. Think, or something like that. But yeah. I mean, and then he was also the evil guy in Iron Man. Right. <laughs> like it's absolute. Oh, sh- oh, we didn't even talk about Adam Sandler. We didn't have to talk about Adam <laughs> Sandler, so. Well, now that we have that stellar uh, <laughs> musical uh, lead-in, um, I I just got to thinking, and we talked recently about um, going to see the band uh, Soundgarden, and I loved Soundgarden as a kid. Uh, you know, growing up as a teenager, I mean, they were they were awesome. I, I enjoyed every one of their albums. Uh, I mean, they were. They, they lasted a, a little while, but then, you know, then they split off and did their things. Chris Cornell went solo, then they did Audio Slave, and uh, now they're they're up going out on tour again. It's like, I want to see that, and I want to go, but on the other hand, I'm like, you know, where do you, what expectations do you have going in? It's like, I know that they're not, like, going to put out anything that is, like, going to be as good as their original material or yeah. their first few albums. Yeah. It's like, how do I couch my expectations going in? Um, and I just got to thinking about bands like that where it's like, man, I don't know. I mean, cause I'm getting older and it's like, what bands are out there that are like just kind of past their prime that I still want to see and, or what bands are out there that have no business being on tour any longer. Yeah. I think, I think the dynamic though with that is part of the music industry's fault for creating it. It's this, like, if you've got a couple solid, good albums under your belt, you're going to take and have, you know, if you have a large enough following, you're going to have a ability to take and charge people sure you know these bands that we loved as kids know that they can make money like a band that i saw i remember seeing it on like the city wineries website and i almost went to it tuesday night show would have been eve six playing at the city (laughs) winery and i'm like damn i could sing like three of the songs that they had as hits and i don't remember any of the other albums (laughs) but this would be something i'd go spend 17 bucks only deep cuts man only deep cuts (laughs) or like I don't know if you would basically. What about like Smash Mouth? If they did like they, a, <laughs> that was the best. When we were going. We were out at that bar before. We were up in Vernon Hills uh, having beer before dinner one night, and uh, we see these these flyers for uh, like the Vernon Hills Town Festival. And <laughs> Smash Mouth was the headline. Gosh, that's like <laughs> Smash Mouth. I think, um, you know, I always see it where it's like Sticks and Foreigner and like. Um, I saw Blue Oyster Cult play. Ooh, uh, go, go, Godzilla. Yes. And literally the God, guy at the show is like doing like a guy in front of me was plastered out of his head. I saw him <laughs> at Summerfest. Um, and it's like, this is a band. They didn't even add the cowbell to it because like they know yeah. that people only want to see that. Like there's some bands that you want to see that are from that like 60s, 70s, 80s sure. genre that are taking and doing stuff. But like there's bands now that are kind of like haven't put out any really new music in a while like that. I think are just touring like some of the Vegas people like aren't new kids on the block doing stuff now. They are. They are indeed. Yeah. And Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Like they're doing Vegas stuff. So I don't Shania know. Shania Twain did a residency. J-Lo's doing a residency. Britney Spears doing a residency. Yeah, but I don't see anything wrong with Shania Twain doing that. Well, Jesus. no, but it's like, I mean, they're getting paid. They don't. Oh, what's yeah. it matter to them? I mean, they're getting a huge chunk of change, but it's like. You you know that they're not working on new material or anything that's like they're not getting ready to drop a new album on you. <laughs> they're just gonna take their paycheck, go stay in the suite, and 
do their thing. Well, Celine Dion's been doing that for years. Oh yeah. Vegas. Like, so who who pisses you off the most? Like when you see these things, like I remember, I remember reading in like the what is it, the Time Out uh, here in Chicago, that there was a Chicago sausage. I, I, I kid you not. This whole oh thing. yeah, it was the Chicago Sausage Fest. Uh, headliner was Collective Soul. Okay, and see now, <laughs> now I, would, I just. <laughs> Chicago Sausage Fest headliner collective soul. Let that sink in for a second, okay? <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> well, I'll say this: I would go see Collective Soul. At the I would Chicago too, <laughs> absolutely. Um, however, yeah, they would they would probably make my list of why are you on tour? I, I don't even think that's on tour. That's hey, we need a we need an act, but we don't want to spend too much. And that that's no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. I mean, you get paid however you get paid, uh, but. Yeah, that's like one of those bands where it's like, you're, why are you on tour kind of thing. Are um, you a speed wagon? Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest affront to my musical sensibilities. Um, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I am bothered by is like the 80s schlock rock bands. Uh, like Rat. Rat or Poison or fucking anything Brett Michaels does. Um, what about anything Shawn Michaels does? <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shawn um, Michaels sings Poison. Def Leppard. Go th- and, I mean, they did. What was it? The, the Motley Crue. Were they on their last tour or whatever? Dude, um, I. So you I and I know. disagree on Motley Crue. Oh, Motley Crue can suck it. <laughs> Doctor Feelgood. Oh, yeah. No. no, like there's a time and a place to kickstart my heart. <laughs> Um, is it after a heroin overdose? Probably something <laughs> like that. Like I don't know, Motley Crue. I'd go see them, but uh, I don't think that's gonna have. The see, option. I think, and I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think they like th- their business arrangement. I don't even think Vince Neil was technically a member of the band. He was like an independent contractor. No, he for got that paid one. to be there. He, he got, got paid, paid to be there, absolutely. But he wasn't like he didn't get to share in any of the profit that they had on the tours. Right. Like that. Yeah. All he did was basically get paid to like he was a. He was a vocalist. Yeah. Like, okay, so if you had, like, if you were the promoter for a rock band like this, what tour would you do? What what generation, what genre? Um, Because I've seen some of them, too, where it's, like, it's Cisco and, like, all these other ones. Cisco Mm -hmm. and all these different hip hop R and B people oh, going out. Um, I'm going to yeah, try to find some, out. There, oh, there's some great one. Like if you go on Groupon, you can find like these, uh, you know, artists of yesteryear, so to speak. Um, I feel like the rock band ones stay around a little bit longer. Maybe that's just cause I pay more attention to it. Um, because like, I don't know. I mean, Nelly, I guess it's not that, bad. I mean, Nelly was on tour this past year I and mean, he needs the money, but, uh, I mean, he did the the show with the orchestra, but he was up at Summerfest. You went and saw them. I you did. Saw them. I did see him. I mean, he did. Uh, I mean, but it's different with like the rap groups because, like, well, at least with Nelly, like he wasn't playing full songs. It was like he would play a snippet and then move on to the next like thirty or forty seconds of another song. Yes, he was just doing that. He wasn't. He's doing playing. medleys basically. Yeah. So this, I just literally looked up. I love the '90s tour. If you're in. Uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, you could see Naughty by Nature, Kid and Play, Blackstreet, <laughs> Cisco, Montel Jordan, Mark McGrath, Biz Marquee, Rob Bass, CC Music Factory, and Black Box. And there's an eight there is an eight ticket limit per person. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure that they'll have people bumping up against that. Uh, <laughs> lots of lots of lots of great seats available from the the map there, but it's like Kid and Play, oh gosh, that'd be great. Like 
What if you had like since it's our it's our fifth episode here, it's our uh, John Paxson, Lou Bega, Mambo number five. Mm-hmm. What if you had Carlos like, Boozer? <laughs> Carlos Boozer. <laughs> hashtag never forget. Um, what if you had like a TRL kind of tour? Okay. Where it was like it was Lou Bega, the Baja Man, uh, Smash Mouth. Smash. You gotta Mouth. have Smash Mouth. Uh, Len. Oh, they, they, Len only made their appearance for a short period of time, though. Like, yeah, they had, I mean, they were. No, I'm talking about if you're on TRL, like Natalie and Bruglia. Okay, um, we could go that route. Uh, we could take and do a bunch of different stuff. Crazy Town, like anything that had that one hit wonder kind of feel. Yeah, Sugar um, Ray would definitely. Be, oh, I guess Mark I mean, McGrath is Mark here, McGrath yeah. going solo though. I don't know. Is he is he playing Sugar Ray songs or is he uh, is he doing his own thing? Is that kind of like Scott Stapp going solo? I don't know, but you know, Mark. I mean, last time I saw Mark McGrath, he was in Sharknado two or three. So. <laughs> that's you know at least he's not in the a bad movie quote unquote bad movie <laughs> like i don't know a, a bad on purpose movie that's all right and when you're when you're being bad for the sake of being bad you can get you can get by with it when it's bad and you're trying to be seriously legitimate that's where you have problems yeah well okay so let's think about this there's some bands that are up there that have been touring for years mm-hmm. tons of years like that i'm thinking about I mean that. right in our backyard cheap trick Cheap Trick, but that's a band that can still, still well. They can they, still play, but yeah. they're not doing material really. Like, I mean, they're putting out albums, but it's it doesn't really right. And I think a lot of the stuff that they've done over the past few years here have been like when they were at Riot Fest a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. they were playing an entire album, right? Like different things like there. I'm thinking of more. God, what was I'm, I lost the train of thought in terms of which band I was trying to think of. Um, it'll come back to me. Oh no, Aerosmith. Like that's oh, a band, God, yeah. <laughs> not a band that's bad, but they just announced that this is their final tour. Like this is like they're getting up there in age. But it's like you think about it. There's bands that have been around that aren't really pulling out new stuff that will draw that money. Sure, the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones still. I mean, it's been a little while since they put out an official release because I mean they did uh, one. I think oh five, and then they did this blues covers right, album. Right. Um. Rolling Stones murdered it, so I'm. Um, I mean, they. Yeah, I guess you would, you would lump them in. Bon Jovi would be an instance where that happens, like <laughs> Mr. Bovine Joni. Bovine Joni. What is this man doing? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's got to be like there's some of those bands that are up there that have done so many different things that it makes sense for them to capitalize on that, right? But, but those checks are literally right now paycheck tours, like. 100% know that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good thing to have when you're at that age. It's like, I've, I don't know, there, there's there got to be a line you cross at a certain point where it's like, all right, you've done your artistic integrity duties and, you know, say you do, you know, 15 or 20 years of prime and it's like, all right, now I guess you're going to coast on it. But, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a strange when you see some of these bands where it's like, they weren't even that good to begin with. <laughs> and then you see them out on a tour. It's like, yeah, you're lumping them in with some other artists of the time, but it's like you guys had one or two songs. That, like, I mean, I would put Eve Six in that front. Like, like why? Like, you're playing City Winery, which I mean, City Winery is cool, but it's like, what? How much are you getting paid where that's worth it? Probably more than taking a run of the Eve Six fan club, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, they probably filled Shout out, out the people. stage block. Get on that Eve Six fan club. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, 
God, I'm starting to think about it though. But I think it gives like some of these bands that go out for an extended period of time, like after they've done anything that's formative, that's done any new albums, like it makes it gives an opportunity for people to cross them out of their bucket list. Mm-hmm. I got two of them straight off this year that I'm going to cross off my bucket list just because of the sheer fact that they're going out. Sure, and it's it's a tour. Like I could go see them at Lollapalooza. In the they've played there in the past, but it's a like it, seeing some a band like this at a festival is obviously completely different than seeing a band like this at um, a venue. It's like the Red Hot Chili Peppers going to mm-hmm. go see them at United Center. That should be an amazing experience because I've never seen them. Bear in mind there that yes, they just released a new album, but most of their stuff has been um, better prior yeah. to this. Another one that I'm going to go see is Tom Petty at Wrigley Field. Like Tom Petty is one of my favorite. He hasn't released any like. Much new music. Sure. Like, there's been a couple albums. I think Mojo a couple years ago. Yeah, he's a put out things. a few. Um, but yeah, I mean, his hits are, you know, probably not a major see. hit since the 90s. I mean, Billy Joel plays <laughs> sells every, out every year. Every like, year, Wrigley. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, we only do 80s Joel. 80s. <laughs> Can you imagine if he got up and actually <laughs> did that once? That would be something I would up pay for. Town girl. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, living in an I I don't have any on my on my radar that I'm going to go see. I mean, well, you're going. Aren't you going to try to see Metallica? Uh, it didn't happen. Well, you were trying to go see, Metallica. but they literally just put out a new album and it's pretty good. Okay, um, so they're. What about Megadeth? Dave Mustaine. I, Dave Butstain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I would I would spend much to see Dave Mustaine. Uh, no, not hard pass. I'm a, uh, if I got a complimentary ticket or if it was a part of it, like they, they used to do like a big tour with a bunch of other metal acts. I might, I might be persuaded to do it, but I'm not going to go see Megadeth on their own. Right. Um, Guar. <laughs> they play at the Eagles club of Milwaukee. Like I used to get, when I was in high school, you'd, you know, get on their mailing list and they would send you free tickets. It was like two drink minimum. Which <laughs> like, cool. Well, I'm going to go buy two fucking diet Pepsis because I'm in high school and I can't buy booze, but you know, they but would, you're they would, they, it seemed like Guar was there literally every month, um, <laughs> for for whatever reason. Uh, Doing but, the rounds, leasing yeah. the Winnebago. <laughs> but, the Winnebago. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, and I've definitely scratched a few of these off my list in recent years. I mean, I saw ZZ Top a couple years ago, and ZZ Top. I mean, Billy Gibbons is a fantastic guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they put out a new album, and he's done some solo work. Obviously, it's not anything really, you know, revolutionary in, in comparison to their but at previous the, like, work. But at the time, is it really something that you want to hear a new album, or do you just want to go hear the deep cuts? For that, honestly, I wanted, I just wanted to see Billy Gibbons play guitar live because yeah. he rips. I mean, that's me with ACDC. Yeah. At some point in time, I hope to get the opportunity to go see them. Yeah, hopefully. The original lineup as hearing As close back. as you can get to it. Yeah, know, as, but, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. As it's like people going. I mean, me and my 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 buddy Frank talk about this because there's this big, huge country music event up uh, just in, in over the border in Wisconsin called Country Thunder. They do one out in Arizona as well, um, and they had Leonard Skinner playing. I quotation marks Leonard Skinner playing there yeah. like ten years ago, and all the kids from our high school were like, "Oh, we're gonna go see Leonard Skinner." It's like you do realize that a- almost. 
all of them died, right? <laughs> well, only three died in the plane crash. But all others, the ones that mattered. <laughs> others have died because of uh, Southern cooking. And yeah, different you know, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. They have like a finger bone left of the original lineup. Yeah, but still, I mean, as long as you can play the songs, you're going to see that. You can right, but you're yourself. like there, you're basically seeing a cover band, a Leonard Skinner cover band. Yeah, which. But like to go that happens to be with made with original members that has one one dude left of the original or maybe two I don't know but uh, yeah it's like those things where it's like when they've extrapolated the lineup to you know have replacing two or three or four core members of a band right, where right, you're like right. all right this isn't really the same thing anymore yeah I mean, at least the, with the, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers like all they've I don't personally want to see them because they don't have John Frusciante but uh, they're at least three out of the four yeah you, know, you can live with that yeah. Yeah, I agree too. Like, I, it's going to be an interesting show for that one. And the dude who plays guitar for them is one of John Frusciante's really good friends. Yeah. So, like, they've written and played music together too. So, so I mean, it's he not can play too far away. He can play all the parts and stuff. His new, like, I don't really care for his recorded stuff that they've done on the newer the the new album, but mm-hmm. it's okay. It's it's fine. Yeah. Well, to hit on one last thing with Leonard Skinner, uh, have you seen the Netflix the Muscle Shoals documentary? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, talking about that, I watched it last night, and it's like, again, they talk about Skinner coming in and recording there, and you hear Muscle Shoals in that uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Sweet Home Alabama, yeah. but like that was the formative stuff. If you haven't checked out that album or that uh, documentary, yeah, very you should. good, very good stuff. But oh god, <laughs> we hit that time again here. Ooh. Getting a little, uh, getting a little, getting a little slithering in here, you know. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, Vel- another super group, man. Super that was, group. The mid two thousands was like prime for super groups. I think that's what we tried to take in. Like, it was super group heaven, you know. Yeah, I mean, there obviously there were super. Group, I mean, Bad Company. I think most people cite as one of the, like the first big super groups. No, I think one of the first big super groups was Holland Oats, but that's that I do digress <laughs> because they were just a group. It's so. just one guy anyway. It's Holland Oats. Holland Oats. <laughs> <laughs> He's Dutch. Uh, Dutch songs. We here. could refer that back to our previous segment. I mean, I love Holland Oats, but they're yeah. I mean, oh, you could go bite your. <laughs> I know. I know you're not going to agree with that. Fucking mouth about that. <laughs> I'm not dissing. I'm not I've seen too I love I love Hall and Oates. Daryl Hall is awesome. Uh, and and, they, and John Oates, John Oates, Oates doesn't have is, a John Oates is, doesn't have a mustache and he's like five foot two. But I mean dude He's can, all of five foot two. Dude can play. They it was they both can play. But yeah, I mean they're their best days uh I mean Dude, what what's Daryl Hall? Sixty? He's almost seventy. Oh, seventy is close he? to seventy. Yeah, and he's got Lyme disease he, too. Yeah, he can still like. I mean, he can't hit the same notes as he could hit thirty years ago, but he can still sing. But yeah, I mean, it was not. You're not going to see Hall and Oates to see him play. Uh, you know anything that they put so out? You can't go recent. for that. I don't think they have. Put <laughs> I don't think they game. have either. I, I should say. Yeah, I mean, when was their last actual technical release? They were they were a product of the MTV stuff. Oh yeah. I think yeah. So and they were great. I'm, I'm not. They were excellent live. I have no zero regrets about seeing de- about them playing. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. Our third segment. What are we talking about now? Here, I think we're still keeping in the music sector. We are in the music sticking, genre. Staying in our uh, in our wheelhouse here, House um, of Wheels. But uh, yeah, so I've had this conversation with people before, and uh, just kind of going at the supergroup thing, and I think a lot of people have probably talked about. It. It's like, what would what would you do to make your ultimate band? Um, and dead or alive, dead or, or dead or alive, because I mean, you can't. There's music's a dangerous business. I mean, you've got uh, plane crashes, you've got drugs. 
Um, you've got all sorts of ham sandwich industry. <laughs> in the case of Elvis, you eat a few too many, you know, bacon and peanut butter and peanut butter <laughs> and crap sandwiches. Sandwiches. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, where what would you do to make your ultimate band? Like, if you were going to draft... Okay, so give me some bounds. What do I have to take in? What do I have to figure out? What so, do, I have, do I have to name them? You got to name the musicians. You got to name the band. Name you the gotta, musician. I got to come up with a new band you're, name. You're basically creating in sync, but with you've got total creative freedom to build this bad boy out. Okay, okay. So, how many members? What's my max? Uh, I think you... Can I have an orchestra in there too? No, you can't go. Well, I mean, you can Metallica name the orchestra. And yeah, you can you <laughs> Nelly and the uh, St. <laughs> Louis Symphonic. Um, yeah, you can have a you can I would go let's cap it at 7. Okay, I might go under there. So any genre. So I got to come up with a band name. I got to come up with people in the band and I got to come up with like a like a tour where we're going to go or, or like a tour name. Uh, yeah, you can do it a tour name. Okay. You don't have to, but okay. I mean the tour name is I mean if we're promoting uh you know we're we're really doing the thing, you know, we're going to be their band manager and uh you know that that's perfectly viable. Okay. So I think if we're going to do this, I got to have my band name is probably going to be the Beach Beagles. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to and here is why. So the Beach Beagles, it is a concatenation of all these different band members from where they came. It's the Beagles is Beagle Beatles Eagles. <laughs> Beach is Beach Boys and the is the who. OK, so the band itself would be I would take I would take Ringo and George. OK, from the Beatles. Is know. Ringo on drums? Ringo is on drums. Okay, yeah. W- lay out who's playing what. Yeah, so I get seven, right? You can have up to so seven. Ringo, up to seven. Okay, so Ringo and George are on drums. Or not not the, uh, together. Ringo's on drums. George Harrison is on rhythm and lead guitar. Okay. Okay. Just one guitarist. Or are you going with No, more? no, I'm going with okay. more. Uh, from the Eagles, I am going to be taking Don Henley on drums as well and vocals. Okay. So... Think about that. So Don Henley singing vocals like uh, Hey Jude and all that stuff. Okay. So, so that's your that's, that's your core. Three. Right that's there. my core right there. Pete Townsend is going to round out my uh, taking out my okay. guitar styles. The the musical stylings of Pete Townsend just wow wow get that raucous sure. raucous voice there. And then Brian Wilson is going to take and add a element of flair and the the bam the emerald spice to it. <laughs> To like, we'll see if it's actually going to work out. So it's going to be like a harmonic surf band. Throwing a dash of crazy. Throwing a dash of crazy. And I think it's going to be there. And I think that um, we can call the the tour the out of the dog pound tour. (laughs) Or like something like out of the dog house. Who let the dogs out Who let the dogs out tour. (laughs) With Baja Men opening. (laughs) With Baja Men (laughs) opening. Yes. Like, yeah. So the Beach Beagles would absolutely be probably one of, uh, they'd probably be my uh, okay. Super group band. I think that I could probably come up with about three or four other ones oh, on yeah. the spot if I, I mean, have it. There's no doubt about that. I mean, because I went with a specific theme for mine. Okay. Um, so I went uh, with a. We're gonna we're gonna throw together a little progressive rock band here, and we're gonna they're gonna do concept Prog albums. Rock. Oh yeah, they're gonna do concept pew, albums pew. based on Star Wars. Okay. Um, so this is going to be this is your lineup for Admiral Akbar and the Star Destroyers. Admiral Akbar and the Star Destroyers. Um, so and props to my brother for the excellent uh, the <laughs> excellent uh, rock band band name. Um, so 
I think the most important thing when you're talking about a prog rock band um, is you got to have that dynamic, very varied vocal uh, responses. So I'm going with Freddie Mercury leading this bad boy. So you're gonna have you're gonna, but that's he's only he's the lead singer, the driver of the Winnebago. Okay, there's plenty more to be had here on the vocal side of things. But I, I want Freddie Bowie on there for sure. <laughs> no, going with like the Stardust stuff. No, like no, that? no. I'm all about Freddie Mercury. Okay, he's the like if I could literally any rock band in the world. Like if I could, he would he would be the front man. Pretty much regardless of what like he's the Leatherman of your band. Yes. He's the utility. Well, dude's got, what he range like three or four octaves or some shit like that. And I mean, he his composing ability, everything was just terrific. And so. if it goes downhill, you could pick up Mariah Carey <laughs> on the waiver wire for that. Or Adam Lambert. I mean, he's filling in with Queen. I would, Mariah Carey <laughs> would be funny too. Okay, so what else? So, so yeah, so Freddie Mercury's driving the ship. Okay, but <laughs> then you got to have you got to have some serious funky prog credibility to you i'm going to the rhythm section now and i'm gonna have another vocalist here similar to uh to freddie mercury in uh you know let on some guess. of the higher let registers me guess. it's either phil collins no or neil pert no 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 i'm going i'm going with my bassist here first oh okay so i know where you're going yeah here. we're going getty lee yeah okay because he's gonna slap the bass, slap and, the bass, and he's gonna be able to—he's gonna be our, the second vocalist for this bad boy. So you're gonna harmonize those in together, possibly. I mean, what? Why not? Get to infinity can, and beyond, <laughs> warp speed, Han shot. We're first. gonna we're gonna make the jump to uh, hyperspace. Hyperspace. Um, so that's Getty Lee's gonna be slapping the bass, and he's gonna be holding down the low end. Going to the drums, we're gonna take from the Who. We're gonna take Keith Moon. Okay. Because he's nuts, or he was nuts. And he just just he he fits. I didn't want to take two people from the same band. Right, either. right. Because uh, then you would just be having right. like then it would just be journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going with Keith Moon on the drums. I love you, how we you both need, picked a little bit of crazy in there. You have to. You have to have it because it's rock and roll. Um so Keith Moon is is pounding the skins. Then we're gonna go to rhythm guitar and we gotta edge this bad boy up. A little bit. We gotta we gotta add a little bit of uh, heaviness. So we're gonna take James Hetfield on the rhythm guitar. Interesting. And vocals. So, so now we've got you've got a Getty, <laughs> we've got fucking Freddie Mercury, and we've got James Hetfield all on vocals at different points. I mean, we're gonna put some epics out. Give me there. fuel. Give me fire. <laughs> Boom. Hit me. So yeah, I mean, you're gonna have those accents because I mean, James can't sing like he used to. Shang dabba dooba da dee. <laughs> he can't sing like he used yeah. to in the '80s. But if I can throw in a ooh yeah somewhere in a <laughs> in a song, can I'm we few? Can we five? <laughs> uh, you bet your ass I'm gonna do it. That's awesome. So then that so that gives me my four, um, and then rounding this thing out, I need some I need some raunchy, uh, blues based work i need jimmy page on lead guitar oh okay so i mean there, there doesn't really need to be anything said there i mean you could go with hendrix you could go with a lot of different guys but jimmy page i want i want his his uh perfect you know call and response stuff that he can do with the guitar and the vocals uh you know w- between him and uh freddie and getty and james <laughs> freddie getty and james <laughs> it could be the james game that's gonna be their all vocal band they're gonna be like starland vocal <laughs> band <laughs> They're gonna their cover of Afternoon Delight's gonna kill it. That's <laughs> gosh. It seems like it's gonna be like a really um British based blues band that just does more prog rock stuff. Like Yeah, I mean it is heavy on the Brits, uh, but uh well and one and one Canadian and one 
American. I mean, yeah. it's it's a smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but to go back to your point on, I could easily come up with another band uh, so in a heartbeat. What's the tour? What's the tour name? The tour. Uh, that's a that's one that I didn't think of, but we can we can work with this. Um, so we would go with uh, possibly. I would probably just go with the Death Star tour. Okay, that works for me. Okay, so let's draft one together because let's okay. do this. Let's do a female band. Okay, all all, all, all female group. Okay, yeah. so four, four. Um, it could be like a Lilith Fair reunion tour. It could be whatever. Um, I I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So are um, you doing all four, or are we just picking this? Are you picking one, and I'll pick one. I'll pick one. You pick okay. one. Okay. Um, with the first pick of the draft, I would like to select Avril Lavigne. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> and here's why. Because I know it's going to be a train wreck from there. <laughs> and we could take in the best part about having Avril Lavigne in our band is we can take and do like Skater Boy with like a B-O-I okay. and like Skate. So like we can already take and work conceptual poster art that's a little bit better right there you okay. just cleveland browns this pick so <laughs> i we, just it's like the tim couch and k mcnown of this draft you exactly i never said we're gonna make money i just said this would be funny <laughs> um let's see so we've got we've it, and what's avril doing she's playing guitar she's and playing she, guitar she's gonna be a backup vocalist she's so she's not the she's not the front woman yeah it's complicated okay <laughs> she that may day. be misunderstood <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry let's go if with, the door's open i'm gonna walk through it uh let's see where do i want to go with this pick let's go with Chad joan kroger no <laughs> god damn <laughs> let's go with joan Baez. okay wow so we're going like a folk with avril lavigne yeah joan Baez. okay gosh um Crap. Okay, so we got. I'm trying to think now. So what are we? What is she going to be doing? She's going to play playing acoustic guitar. Yeah, we'll what give her genre? acoustic acoustic guitar and 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 vocals. I feel like Diddy right now, where I'm making the band. Okay. Like, I feel like, actually, no. I feel more like Jermaine Dupri making the band, <laughs> not not Diddy. <laughs> I just feel better that is being Jermaine <laughs> Dupri. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> let's see. So Joan Baez and <laughs> Avril Lavigne. I think with the next pick, I'm going to have to go with. Um, this is tough because I got a couple different things here. We could go with like a piano player, which would be good. We can go with another singer, which would be good. And we can go like try to make like a harmonic group like Crosby, Stills, Nash and or Young. And or with Young or um, without. I think what I need to take and do is uh, we're going to take it old school. And we are going to take and bring you with the Canadian sensation that you ought to know. Uh, oh, this that's a good pick that you, it might be ironic that I chose her. But that's I think we definitely need to have Alanis Morissette as yes. a versatile. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Because the thing that we've had is had a little bit of crazy involved in everything. And she burned down her boyfriend's house. Like all that. Yeah. I mean, I was going to I was going to throw a dash. I'm still going to throw a dash in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all bored. You see, if that would have been pick number one, you would have been all right. But you went with Avril and you you overdrafted. You overdrafted. <laughs> I overdrafted for comedic <laughs> effort. <laughs> uh, so that so we don't have a drummer yet. We don't have a drummer. I don't know a lot of female drummers. Meg White, I guess. Okay, well, so the song would be yeah. boom, 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 boom. We're boom. we're drafting Meg White. And we're moving on. Um, so my pick. That's that's the compensatory pick. That's okay, the, that's, that's the, the automatic. That's the uh, 
expansion. Because otherwise, that, I'm just going to yeah. sit here and beat my head against the wall trying to think of a female drummer. Which, right. So uh, not that there aren't plenty, but uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay. Um, and uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to add a little bit more uh, crazy. I'm going to add a little bit more edge. We're going to go Chicago style. We're going to add Liz Fair. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So we have our band. What would they play? Where would they play? Where's it? What is an ideal venue? A good venue. I think. Um, they're gonna play coming to a rib fest near you. No, no, they're gonna go bigger than rib fest. Let's get them on a uh, a stage at Taste of gonna, Chicago. Yeah, no. let's get them. St- let's get them Taste of Chicago. Giant, giant That's where we're gonna book them. Yeah, full at, on. Uh, <laughs> what's the the <laughs> the Palace Theater and uh, <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in Blue they Brothers? Can, they can hold two dollars a head. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Wazapamani. Lake Wazapamani. <laughs> and it's ladies' night. <laughs> Bring your friends. <laughs> you two girls. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so I think Taste of Chicago is a viable opening venue for them. And then probably, you know, uh, a late afternoon stage at uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah. I think, like, the interesting part is getting these super bands together. There's groups that have been made. Like, there's been things where... Uh, they talk about Pearl Jam has taken and gone on tour with Neil Young and mm-hmm. actually been his band. There was another... Which would be awesome, and I would pay a hard, cold American dollars to watch that. Yeah, and Tom Petty went on tour with Bob Dylan. Dave like, Roll could have been his drummer. Yeah, and there's bands that do this as... There's s- bands that are in their right, that they are their own uh, f- huge mm-hmm. bands that go on and support some other people. I don't call that necessarily a super group. I think a super group is someone that has original music that comes out sure. of what that does, i.e. Velvet Revolver, right. i.e. Audio Slave, i.e. The Beach Beagles. Bad company. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think the criteria for that would be you have to you have to generate new music because otherwise you're just playing work that's been done Cover by chains. another yeah, yeah and i mean which can be very cool but at the same time like that's kind of what uh they're doing right now with uh what's the band uh, i forgot what they're calling profits of rage <laughs> One Dire- profits of rage oh. with uh <laughs> the rage against the machine guys and uh um chuck d and uh be real from uh um cypress hill yeah they're they're playing cypress hill tunes they're playing run dmc jams they're playing rage against the machine machine songs Cypress Hill is in my cooler. <laughs> Peter Frampton from the Simpsons <laughs> reference right there. Yep. Oh man, that's that's good stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Let's see what the what we've got going on. Um I don't know if there's any other bands that I could think of that would be uh in that uh realm of uh, possibility of things. No, they were definitely like I mean Audio Slave was the most notable one I think of like my high school and er, and college days, I mean that was where they really uh, they were like where it kind of took off for me. It's like hey, oh man, like two bands I genuinely liked were coming together, and I thought that was awesome. Like I didn't really get into the Velvet Revolver thing because I didn't really care about. I, I, I like no, I I actually like Stone Temple Pilots more than I like Guns and Roses. Uh, but they put out some decent jams. Yeah. Uh, I mean Velvet Revolver. Uh, I mean, Slash can rip, the, and the, and Duff McKagan, and I mean, th- those guys are tremendous musicians. So um, that was, I thought it lasted longer than I thought it would. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you have, I mean, Scott Weiland uh, obviously had his his own issues. He had some and, demons to battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did not think that that was going to last much more than one. I mean, I think what they got to two albums, I think they got but two, yeah. And they, but I mean, they did a couple tours. I mean, 
And to get to that point, it's really kind of tough to get to. Oh know, yeah, to with with I mean, one of your guys basically just killing himself slowly. Yeah. I mean, those and the guys from Guns and Roses lived it already once, so um, you know they've they've had their fair share. Yeah, of, they don't uh, want to have to go through it again. Yeah, issues. Uh, you know, over the years. So uh, yeah, but th- those were the two that like really hit during that t- period of time. I I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really noticed any newer supergroups that I've been let's that I've been wanting to listen to. Let's become the Jermaine Dupri's and make our own supergroups. We'll keep this as a continuing topic to go <laughs> forward with. Oh man, we just did it again. We managed to run out of time, and again, this was a great episode. Thank you again, Steve, for being here. Yeah, it's um, good to be here in the dojo. Yeah, the dojo, the the Thunderdome. Uh, Stone IPA was a great choice to have as we were recording today. Yeah, it's nice. It's solid. a light, fluff, fluffy pancake type of beer. <laughs> like it's, it's good. If you like, go take it to the International House of Pancakes. The International House <laughs> of the Pancakes. There. So, again, uh, want to thank everybody for listening uh, and following the podcast. The support has been wonderful. Um, if you haven't done so, make sure you find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, uh, do that. We are starting to raise some uh, some monies. We do have some swag available on the website Indeed. if you want to have some nice Oh This Podcast stickers to support the show. Also, um, any questions, concerns, show topics, ideas, feedbacks, you can send them to us. We'd love to hear from it. So, uh, Steve, thank you again for being on this uh, John Paxson episode. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we will talk to you guys later. We are out. I am Patrick. I'm Steve. Talk to you guys later. Bye.